we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, the weekend number eight recap episode, where uh, we're going to talk about, I mean, we have a fun show planned. We're going to talk about all of the exciting moments from week eight and kind of preview the midweek at the very end, go through some of the biggest weekend series, biggest moments. Um, So it should be a really good one here for us. Uh, We're also going to answer some of our Patreon questions that we had. Um, All of our Patreon members have the ability to send in questions for us during the podcast to for us to answer. And uh, there's some really good ones here that we're looking forward to. This episode is brought to you by Yakertech and Circa Sportsbook. Um, So Yakertech is sponsoring our mid-major top 25 poll this year. And we just released it on Twitter just a couple minutes ago. And um, we'll, we'll kind of review it here real quick, Dimitri. I have the list pulled up. And um, there wasn't a whole lot of change at the top just because most of those teams took care of business. Uh, we still have the Campbell Camels, number one. Coastal Carolina, I believe, was number two last week. And they're number two again this week. Florida Gulf Coast, three. East Carolina, four. Yukon five. Southern Miss, six. Um, those pretty much stayed the same. Pretty good weekends. Now, Campbell did lose their first Big South game this past weekend to Presbyterian, which was kind of shocking. And then Presbyterian almost won the series. Uh, They scored a five spot late in game three to tie it up. And then there was a weather delay, I think. Uh, But Campbell stays on top because they won the series. Can't punish them too much. And um, really the new teams that are coming in here at the bottom of the list we have UNC Wilmington and uh, Loyola Marymount. So both of those teams playing good baseball right now. So we want to reward them. Oh, also Xavier jumps in. They have the nation's longest winning no, streak no, right they, now. Xavier, Xavier's been in. Were they in it last week? I thought yeah, we kicked we had, them out. Yeah, we had them in last week. 
Oh, I, mean, I just saw today that they had the nation's longest winning streak. It was 12 games, maybe 10. I'll pull it up right now. I actually ju- I just ran across it on warrennolan.com. So, um, well, the current win streak is 10 for his day of the year. Yeah, isn't that crazy, though? Usually at all points of the year, you usually have a team at least 10, I mean, at least 12 to 15 win streak. But no. this season's been so evenly matched, man. Everybody's um, getting, everyone's getting beat or like whatever. So, yeah, this year's been a little more parody. Yeah, it's good though. It's good for the sport. It feels like the transfer portal is kind of even things out. And then now, now you have guys that are fifth year, six year guys because of the COVID 2020. That's still in effect for those freshmen yeah. and sophomores from back there. It, it's going to be a good season, man. I think down to the wire, like throughout the postseason, you're going to see a lot of teams that maybe aren't usually good, you know, finally put that year together to, to make a long postseason run. Um, but yeah, so Xavier comes in there at the mid-major poll. If you guys want to look at it, we have a good graphic that Dimitri does every week. Uh, we post it on Twitter. I'll post it on Instagram as well here in just a little bit. And uh, you get to see like every non-Power 5 team, like how that we think they're ranked based off of on-field performance this year. So um, I'll tell you what, man. We can kind of start the show off here. I think that the Colonial Athletic... Uh, what are they? The CAA? Colonial Athletic, the CAA Colonial Athletic Conference. But that, but that doesn't mean that doesn't spell out CAA. That's CAC. Is it Colonial Athletic Association? Association, hundred percent. Why is it the CAA? I, I just said conference. I, dude, I've I've said conference for the last ten years. Colonial Athletic Association. Like, why are they an association and the rest are conferences? Who knows? Maybe I don't know, but there's a C. There's a CAA um, agency, a big. It's a big one. CAA, oh yeah, for for athletes or whatever. Yeah, they're sports agents, but yeah, I just googled it. Colonial Athletic Association. They're the. Are they the only non-conference? Big West, Big Ten, Mid American. Yeah, dude. I think everything else is a conference, but Colonial is an association. Nope, nope. Horizon League. Oh, you're right. Summit League, too. The Summit League, the Ivy League, Patriot League. Oh, shit. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, need to, I need to do a I need to do a breakdown on like what is a league, what is a conference, and what is an association. I mean I mean I, I mean okay. The top ten from from the in the RPI rank and conference ranking is conference, 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 association. The CAA is the eighth best conference this year RPI wise, um, and then Big West conference, 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 conference. All the ones that are leagues are in the bottom half. So maybe there's a correlation. You want to be in a conference, not a league. <laughs> Yeah, you want to be in a conference, and then after a conference, you, you'll prefer a, an, association an association and then a league. <laughs> Dude, that's what makes college baseball so great is there's so many teams, so many leagues that you just learn something new every single day. Um, I mean, we've we've covered the sport for five years now. We played the sport for another four years before that. Um, and, I mean, I just never even put it together that it was the Colonial Athletic Association. So, anyways, but my, going back to my point – this is a really, really good league. Um, you know, Elon, UNC. It's an association, not a league. Oh, shit. 
it's a really it's it's a really good association it's a really group, good group of teams that play games together um they but anyways we have elon uncw northeastern charleston william and mary i mean all of those teams have really good resumes so far um it's just the only thing about the CAA is when you look at like their competition, like Elon had played a bunch. Um, Northeastern, USC, Wilmington have all played like pretty decent schedule. Like, it, for example, a team like William Mary Charleston, I just need to see more. Like, William yeah. Mary, can they be really good? Yes, but like, we can't just rank them based purely on the eye test. We kind of have to reward them for tough teams, for tough schedules, yada, yada, yada. I mean, if they take care of business against Elon this weekend, then no doubt they're, they're not going to come in at 24, 25. They're going to come in at like 18 or 19. They're going to jump some teams. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good thing about the mid-major poll that we do is it's like basically a week-by-week week thing where you control your own destiny if you're a team. If, for example, Delaware goes out and sweeps uh, Wake Forest on a weekend. I don't know if they even play, but if they Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Delaware swept Wake Forest, they would jump from not even in consideration to probably top 15 there, just out of nowhere. And they're below 500 right now. It's uh, it's it's cool. I don't know it's about cool. that, but something along those lines. Yeah, it might have been a little extreme there. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a little extreme. I don't know if Delaware can – they'd have to win 10 straight against Wake Forest to get in. No, easy there. Easy there, Cowboy. Uh, but, I mean, that was my biggest takeaway going back to looking at the mid-major. Um, I mean, you put it together. It was 100% you this week um, putting together the mid-major rankings. I just looked at it, and I was like, you know, there's three CAA teams in there, and there, there could easily be a fourth um, sometime soon with William and & Mary, and, and Charleston's been in it this year too. And it's a conference that I think gets slept on. I mean, we, nobody ever covers the CAA. No big time college baseball outlet ever talks about these teams, so I, I'm I'm impressed. I think they're probably one of the better mid major conferences. Yep, I mean, I mean, they are the arguably the third best or fourth best some fun bell Big West Conference USA. Your, your top three Colonial can fit somewhere in there. Yeah. But anyways, you guys go check out the mid-major top 25. Um, if you follow us on social media, I mean, it's a it's a good graphic and it kind of gives it, people like it. And the reason why we started doing it was people like it because when it comes down to regionals time, it, let's say you, you follow a power five team. Um, for example, you follow LSU. Well, there's a good chance that LSU is going to get two, maybe three mid-major teams in their regional, depending on like what the regionals come out with. But um, you know, it gives you perspective on some teams you might have to play in the postseason, and uh, it just gives it a better gauge for for people that and, uh, are in and, and it gives some love and spotlight on teams that would probably never be in a true a true top twenty five. So, like, mm -hmm. yeah, they 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 have because I mean, at the end of the day, most of these schools have they're never going to be able to compete with you know your top dogs. Right. I mean, I'm in, I've always said, at least over the last two years specifically, I think it comes to a point uh, in the next 10 years that there's going to be two divisions of division one college baseball, similar to like an FBS, FCS. 
I think there's going to be a top division that offers maybe 25 scholarships and then a bottom division that maxes out maybe at 11.7 or something. I I think eventually we're going to get to a point where there's two divisions of college baseball and the teams that want to take it seriously and maybe generate more revenue um, and have the ability to spend more money, they'll play in a league and then the bottom teams will play in a league. Well, I call them the bottom teams, the teams that don't generate as much revenue and don't want to invest in baseball. Um, they'll play in the bottom league and then there'll be two college world series, which I think would be fun. It'd be, it'd be way more exciting that way. I think, I mean, if you just like right now, I have it in front of me, the RPI rankings of conferences. I think you could argue, make an argument that like the top 16 ranked teams right now, the only team that wouldn't be in there would be like the big South, the WAC, the A-Sun, the Mid-American, America East, Horizon, OBC, A-10, Patriot, going on down. So, I mean, like, and then some of the teams would get in there, like the Southland, West Coast, Biggie. Like I think if you got it down to 16 teams, it would be much easier to cover the sport because then you could – 16 you, teams or 16 conferences? 16 conferences, my bad. Okay. Um, because, like – when you have 300 teams, you, you, it's really hard to focus or dive a little deeper about an individual player on a team or a couple group of teams. It's just mm-hmm. like you, you have to manage where you're going to allocate your time and your attention. So, I right. mean, if it, if it shrunk a little bit, the sport would – I personally think the sport would get more attention on the upper half because the SEC and the AC and the – pretty much dominate the attention every weekend. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it is right now anyways. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm in favor of this happening. I just think it will happen within the next 10 years. Like by the time my, my one-year-old son is in college, I think there'll be a split. Um, But anyways, I I think to be a hundred percent honest, I don't even know where I would stand on that because it depends on how many teams from the mid-major rank would get into that upper tier, that D1, whatever you want to call it, the upper division. If there's enough mid-major teams in there, I think I would be for it because those teams... Oh, there will be. A hundred percent there will be. But, but I'm talking about like, I'm talking about not just your Sun Belt, your Conference USA, and your Big West, and but like some of the other ones, like the South and the Big South, like which ones would get in. But my point is, I think it would end up being better because they're 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 going to invest probably a little more, knowing that they're in a bigger, more elite class, league of their own with the upper t- tier of college baseball. Yeah, I mean, you can probably go through a list of all 305 teams today and just point out the ones that would be in the upper division versus the lower division, and like most of it comes back to like stadium size, uh, comes back to maybe. Uh, like facilities, yeah, any kind of investment there. If they have a good live stream on TV or not, you know, those little things, things that they don't have to do, but you know, makes them look better as a program. They're, so let me ask that, you that means they're investing. Let me ask you this: one part that makes college baseball great is you get all like you can they're considered a Division One team, and you get some of the most wackiest, craziest things you see. That's what makes it super fun and enjoyable too. But at the, on the same time, if you really want to t- get people to take the sport seriously, like when you look at college football, there's, there's like all the teams in the FBS 
are important game or well-followed game. They're well-covered game. Everything is like well-organized, high quality, all that good stuff. So for college baseball to be taken seriously, that's something that might need to happen. Will it remove some of the funny stuff, the <laughs> shit you don't see every day stuff? Yeah, yeah, which will be which will be kind of like, you know, sad. But if this sport really wants to be taken seriously and take the next step and grow, something like this might be necessary. And this is just me talking off the top of my head right now. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I don't like I said, I don't want it to happen at this point, like until there's a much bigger and better plan. And I don't even know why, like, we we spent so much time talking about it. It's not like this is in the news or anything. It's interesting. Yeah, it's just it's just sometimes we get ideas pop in our head. Like when I was talking over the mid-major top 25, I was like, you know what? This is probably going to happen one day. Anyways, um, let's do this here. Before we talk about like the most exciting series and, and stuff that happened this past weekend, I want to do some of our Patreon questions here first just because, I mean, these are good questions. I'm like really happy with our Patreon members. Um, this first one comes from 77. I believe this is my friend Noah, but... He's got like an alias in our Discord channel. But he said, for those that are jumping into college baseball after the college basketball season, what is the biggest thing that they need to know? Uh, wow. I mean, this is very open-ended here. But the biggest thing they need to know is like college well, baseball. Is this, is this someone that had watched college baseball for and every year they watch basketball for then they hop into baseball so they have an understanding of that's 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 the way I'm interpreting it. Yes. Okay. So then, I would say that the SEC is wide open. Um, I'm, I'm assuming if they're if they're watching college basketball first, they're not a diehard college baseball fan, so they're more of you know upper tier power five kind of following follower. Um, LSU's best team, but I think the SEC had a lot of good teams on the upper half. Um, um, ACC is beating itself up. Um, Florida might be a sleeper team that could really, really make some noise. Um, Wake Ray Forest is probably the ACC's biggest chance to win a national championship. As of Ooh, today. disagree. I mean, Virginia, Virginia's freaking good, man. Uh, okay, but Wake Forest, analytically speaking, probably the highest chance to win a national championship out of the ACC as of right now, just in terms of percentage and chance. I've I've talked myself into Virginia, and they've done it before. They won a College World Series. Okay, so. but, but Wake Forest is the number two ranked team. I'm just, I'm not saying. I, I just I, don't I, want I, you spreading misinformation to people that watch college basketball and jumping into college baseball. I don't think you can confidently say that Wake Forest is the ACC's best chance to win a College World Series. I I would argue Virginia is. I mean, yeah, but that's an opinion. I'm just talking about pure factual based on ranking. Well, it's not factual. Anyways, um, what, whatever. This is what I would tell. This is what I would tell college basketball people jumping into college baseball. Um, there's three things that you need to know about this season. One, like all-time record for runs scored per game in the BB Core area, it, it's going to happen. Um, the runs are off the charts. Home runs are off the charts. Um, 
and then another thing that's off the charts is is pitching velocity. I mean, this is this is the hardest we've ever seen pitchers throw, um, and they're not pitching anymore. They're just throwing and worrying about their velocity and spin rate rather than location and and learning how to pitch. Um, and then the third thing here is, other than the top five teams, six through thirty are interchangeable in my opinion. It's it, maybe even Great. six through Great. forty, like. Depending on the week, you're going to see those teams look great, or you're going to look at those teams at the end of the week and be like, wow, they're actually not that good because we've done it. We've done it all year. Um, so other than the top five teams, which I think I could narrow it down to LSU, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, and Florida, those five, in my opinion, are, are the five best. But even if you oh, look so at now, So now Wake Forest is the top five best team, and Virginia is not. That's fine. I mean, okay, so Virginia's I'm, I'm just busting your balls here. I'm just busting your okay. balls here. I know, but like <laughs> I, I I disagreed with the fact that you said Wake Forest has the best chance to win a national championship. Out of the ACC. Yeah, I mean, I think you can argue that Virginia has a, just as I'm good not, of a shot. I'm not saying Virginia can't win or their chances aren't high. I'm just saying Pure, just pure, non-opinionated. Because then uh, we could go on and on about who we think is going to win a national championship. <laughs> all right. Um, other point, I just—I I actually think you just nailed it on the head. Offense is up. Pitching is question mark. Pitching um, is down statistically, but it's like the best—the best stuff we've seen pitchers have ever. So many yeah. guys, ninety-five plus. It's ridiculous. Um, so hopefully that answers the question there. Let's go to the next one here. It's from Coastal Carolina Fan 24. This is this was one of my favorite questions we had. If you're building a team, would you rather have average hitting and above average pitching or average pitching and above average hitting? Give me above average pitching every single time. Th- this year especially. If you have above average pitching, you're going to win more games this year than if you had above average hitting because like – Honestly, looking at the numbers, everybody's hitting is above average right now. This is well, think about think about a team like, for example, LSU. Their offense could their offense could potentially go 56 and 0 and just in terms of pure talent one through nine. Mm-hmm. But they may run into bulldozers like Brody Brett, or they run into South Carolina this weekend, or they run into Hagen Smith at Arkansas. Like they run into buzz saws. So pitching will win out. A high-end pitching staff will win out. So mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect example. Yeah, and but honestly, in order to win in the postseason, you have to hit, and you have to hit like at TD Ameri- or sorry Charles Schwab Field because if you don't hit, like you're you're just you're done for because everybody's pitching gets better in that ballpark. It's just okay. so big. I, I, yeah, but I mean, like, I'm th- I think we're gonna break another. College World Series runs and home runs record. I mean, ball balls are going three fifty on check swing. I mean, those some of those and the edited videos. You remember those like meme videos in the MLB get check swing and it's a home run. Like it's it's, it's like it's almost not funny anymore because like it's kind of happening not on a check swing but on like shitty swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, guys are guys are hitting balls and looking up like it's going to be an infield pop up. Ball just carries over right center. It's a joke, but so, it, it's fun. I mean, I'm, I'm not hating on it, but 
Man, I wish the balls were like that when I was playing. I would have hit 30 homers a year. Yeah. All I did was hit fly balls. Um, Next question here. This is from Downtown B. Are Mississippi State and Ole Miss both missing the SEC baseball tournament? I'm going to say no. Both of them won't miss. But I think if the season ended today, I think they would both miss. Because I believe um, Ole Miss has the worst record in SEC, 2-10. and And then I think the Mississippi State loses the tiebreaker for and if I remember the correctly, the, the tiebreaker was but who um, who would they who would they lose the tiebreaker to? Because Auburn they lose it to Georgia. Mississippi State would lose the tiebreaker to Georgia, I believe. They haven't played each other. I know, but I'm pretty sure the SEC tiebreaker is winning percentage for like your total season. I, I think I remember that from a couple years ago, maybe 2019. But yeah, Georgia has a better winning. Pr- no, they don't. Actually, they don't. I mean, I mean, your bottom four. I mean, I would argue that Missouri is four and eight, and so is Alabama and Auburn. I would argue that Missouri, if you rank those four and eight teams, it would go Missouri, Auburn, then Alabama. Would you agree with that? I mean, dude, they're so they're the exact same team. They can beat anybody in their conference, but they can get smacked by anything. You think Missouri is on the same level as Alabama? Yeah, dude. Missouri freaking should have beat Vanderbilt game one. They beat them game two. They're okay. I know they're I know they're super injured right now, but they have six quality or sorry, six quadrant one wins. They're a good team. I I, I mean, yeah, I, I just think I just think because the question is Mississippi State and Ole Miss and your their competition right now to get in front of it, Missouri, Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn. Yeah. So um I mean I mean what is it, ten teams to go to Hoover? I think it's twelve. Why do I, I think, think the bottom two don't make it? Bottom two. Yeah, I mean I would I would bet that Mississippi State or Ole Miss, one of them will will make it. I'm looking this up right now because I do not want to be wrong about it. Um, no. I want to see how many teams make it to Hoover. I'm pretty sure 12 make it. I think it. you're right. I think it's 12 because usually every year two teams and it's just like an embarrassment if you don't make Hoover. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's an 11 and a 12 seed. Yeah, Kentucky was a 12 seed last year and they made a pretty good run. They almost – they, they played the, the semifinals and lost to Made the Tennessee. semifinals, lost to Tennessee. Wow, that brought back some memories there. Played that game so late at night. I think it was like 10 p.m. It was, yeah. So yeah, um, um, my official answer is I think one of them will survive and make Hoover. Yeah, I do too. I don't think they both miss it. I don't think they both make it either, though. Uh, I'm no, saying one and one. And Georgia, it's gonna be. Mm, I think Georgia is too good to miss Hoover. So dude, how I'm about gonna, Georgia though? But they were. Dude, Georgia was one in nine starting SEC play, and they lost to Kentucky. They, their bullpen blew another lead, and uh, and then they come back today on Sunday and win the doubleheader. And I think they only gave up two runs all day. Um, they did. They did. I mean, they were they were up four nothing through entering the seventh inning, gave up seven runs, and then like there there is a huge difference between. I mean, even if you're two and ten, there's a huge difference between three and nine and two and ten. If they would have just split the doubleheader today, or if they would have lost both one and eleven, you can't dig yourself out of that hole. But three and nine, like if you go and win the next two series, two out of three, 
um, you know, you're seven and 11, like kind of back in the picture there. Well, I mean, dude, you remember Georgia and Auburn. They, it felt like they blew every single one of those games. Dude, Georgia has blown so many leads this year. Late. So, so I mean, they blew the lead against South Carolina in mm-hmm. the ninth inning on that, what was it, Braswell double or whatever. Yeah, so mm-hmm. and they've got Florida, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Missouri, LSU on their schedule. I think Georgia's missing the tournament. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas, um, Florida. In LSU and Tennessee are automatic two out of three L's. Yeah. And I, yeah, Georgia's missing the tournament. I think Georgia's missing it just because I think they play in a tougher like, division. The, the East is and, better than the and West. And they year. got the LSU crossover. Mm-hmm. That's tough. East, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I think Ole Miss, I mean, I think Mississippi State, they Ole Miss Mississippi State this weekend. Then they got that, that's a huge series there. It's huge. Then it's Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, A and M. Yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, that's another comp- topic for another day. But at the end of the sure. I think the answer is no. They don't both miss. Yeah. Um, next question here is from Jace Rupert. If it if it had been played, who wins Game Three of the series, LSU or South Carolina? I dude, I, I I made it public on Twitter, the eleven point eleven point seven Twitter account. I, I thought if they would have played that double header like they were supposed to on Friday, um, after South Carolina blew the lead with the grand slam from Gavin Duvas, uh, or Dugas, I said Duvas, sorry. Um, Dugas, dude. I mean, they had South Carolina had no chance of winning the second game of that double header just because of pure letdown and like trying to get back up and rally to play another game. Um, I've been there before. You get you get your heart broken late in a game where you're cruising to a win, a, a series victory, and then all of a sudden they just rip your heart out. Like you just, it's almost impossible to bounce back. Now, if it would have been a th- like a different day, like if they would have played Saturday or Sunday, um, I honestly might have given the edge to South Carolina. I think that home atmosphere that they were playing in front of was incredible. Uh, they fed off the energy, and for 16 of those innings, they were the better team. I, I might have – so it just depends on the day that they played. If it was the same day Friday, the doubleheader, I think LSU wins the series. If it would have been the next day, I think South Carolina might have taken that series. Yeah, I mean, you brought up you brought up uh, what, what you, whatever you mentioned on Twitter. Um, did, you, did you have fun on Twitter this weekend? Dude, I had a freaking blast on Twitter. I was stirring the pot so much. I know, I was, dude. I, I was just like, yeah, dude. All our followers had to have noticed that this wasn't the typical 11.7 Twitter feed because it was, it was like way more um, controversial and hostile. And yeah. just like, I had, dude, I had to spark up the freaking universe, man. Everybody was all like, I don't know. People were in a bad mood this weekend, it felt like, or at least Thursday, Friday, Saturday on Twitter, people were just not happy. There was a lot of arguments and I just fed into it. I was trying to get as many fan bases stirred up and excited and, you know, pissed off at the same time. So I I just use the Twitter figures. And uh, there was a lot of people that caught on to the sarcasm and stuff that I was doing. And they're like, this is actually funny, but there was a lot of new followers that were absolutely enraged with us. Oh, really? Dude, there were so many people. uh, When I said like, South Carolina on Thursday hit like a 
I don't know if it was like a go-ahead three-run homer. You said something like, go ahead and give South Carolina the number one spot yeah. or something. Obviously, like, kidding and just, like, trying to hype up the South Carolina fan base. Dude, I had – we had 40-plus people reply to that tweet and just say, like, like you guys call yourself a college baseball account, but you just treat this like football. Like, one game means nothing. You know, blah, blah, blah. So, immediately after that, like, I was just laughing so hard because clearly we we know college baseball. We know one game doesn't matter. But – um and, and so it was it was more of a joke. So right after that, Florida like had a big strikeout against Tennessee. And I just said the exact same thing in Florida's uh, like for Florida, like you might as well go ahead and put that number one next to Florida's name. And like half the people got it. And then the other half of the people were pissed off, quote tweeting and being like, you guys are treating this like football. Like you just, you just said South Carolina. Now you're saying Florida. And they're like, you yeah, call yourself I mean, professional? And I'm just like, yo, we're not professional. <laughs> We've never claimed to be professionals at this. Yeah, no, I mean, Twitter just sets pool sometimes. So it's funny, it's whatever. But um, going back to answer that, his question about South Carolina or LSU winning that, just based on the last couple of weeks of SEC play, LSU lost Sunday against AM. LSU lost Sunday against Tennessee. They won Sunday against Arkansas, but Arkansas just they they threw everything they could in that game mm-hmm. one. So I guess it's kind of different. So um maybe South I think South Carolina absolutely had a chance to win, but I picked LSU. So I'm gonna sit here and say, yeah, LSU was hundred percent gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and remind me later, I'm going to give a hot take about LSU later in this podcast, but I'm going to save it for right now. Um, let's do the last few um, Patreon questions here. Yeah, go ahead. So we have, uh, this is from C. Crowder 13. Do you think college baseball should do a college football playoff style ranking starting at like a certain point during the season? Basically release the top 16 teams who are hosting right now. And then that way people can know if they're in the hosting or the bubble picture or create some big matchups like heading into the last few weeks of the season. Yeah. I mean, so what, what Dimitri and I have been like big advocates against is that we hate preseason rankings, not because, I mean, they're fun to look at and they're cool, but what it does is it dictates like the first six weeks of the season, those preseason rankings that people fall in love with um, the preseason bias, like really shows off. So like you get guys at D one baseball that make their rankings, and I'm not talking crap about D1 Baseball because I use their product. I pay for their, their service. They help help us out a lot, right? But those preseason rankings, like if A&M loses two out of three to Portland, they drop from 11 to 17. And it's you look at it and you're like, that's so dumb. Like Right now, they're not the 17th best team in the nation. They lost two out of three to Portland. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in favor. If the NCAA wants to step up and – Maybe after week eight, you just say, "Here, here's the top 16 teams, and here are the next eight for bubbles, um, for like hosting pictures." Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, kind of give people like a real cool. perspective. No preseason bias, just straight numbers based, or you know, you can have opinion based eyeball test ranks, whatever it is. But yeah, I like that. Whatever they do, whatever they do on Selection Monday or Sunday night for when they announce the, the regional host. Do the same thing each week. And yeah. basically it shows who where the NCAA stands. Because 
when it's not going to ruin the hype of Selection Monday because we all know who is probably going to be your top 14 team. Mm-hmm. And then your last two hosts are kind of the question mark. Yeah. So if the NCAA keep posting their top 16 each week, I don't think it'll ruin the hype on Selection Monday because most people already know who it's going to be. Whoa. And here, I, this just clicked in my head. But building off of that, you really don't know what the committee is going to do until the day of, right? Because the whole season, I believe D1 Baseball is the official ranking system of NCAA. I think they have like a partnership or something. But every time you see on, on streams or on TV, you know, Florida. They, they, and, they use. Yeah, they, they, use, D1. they use D1's uh, ranking. So like the number four next to Florida's name when they're playing on ESPN+. Plus. Um, but anyway, so... But we don't know what the committee is going to do with the rankings until the day of. So everything up to that point is all speculation or all just based off of D1 baseball. But D1 baseball, Kendall Rogers and, and, and Kyle Peterson and those guys, they don't have any influence on what the committee uh, picks for the 16 regional hosts and the at-large bids and everything. So it would be great to have a weekly update on like what does the committee think as of right now? Um, versus like an absolute surprise at the end of the year. That's a that's something that needs to happen. I and I, I would like to see that happen. Absolutely. I mean, when the BCS when they would do the BCS, it was all computer ranking. So and it had nothing to do with preseason. So like one year, South Florida was the number one team in the country according to the computer. That would never happen. Yeah. In just a pure ranking system that um, includes preseason. Right. Because they would be stuck in that this year alone, they would be stuck in that six to 12 range. Like Campbell's not going to, Campbell has no room to move up. Yeah. No. Campbell will never get into the top five. Never. Um, No matter what, if they were 30 and one right now. Next question here. We're going to do three more. Okay. Because that's all we got. So I want to give everybody the chance to ask their question. Um, We have Linkcraft21. This one says, who are the True bottom five SEC teams. I cannot tell after this week. Um, Georgia. I think we already talked about this. Yeah, Georgia, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Auburn take your pick. Alabama. Yeah, Auburn or Alabama. I, I mean, I would say Auburn. I think Alabama is a little bit better than Auburn. Yep. Okay. So I mean, yeah. yeah there you go. That's your five. That's easy. Yep. Um, the next one comes from Marin Matsavis. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Um, what does Texas A&M need to do to fix their pitching? Is the problem fixable or are they just going to waste their offense away? Uh, this this actually brings uh, – this is the first time I read this question because it was on Patreon, not Discord. But this brought me up – this just brought a memory up that was hilarious from this weekend. Uh, Kendall Rogers tweeted in the mid, like after the first inning of the Texas A&M versus Auburn game, uh, like AM really needs to pull the plug on uh, on Detmer starting Friday nights. Uh, and then he goes out and like settles in and strikes out 12 guys. And it was, I, I wanted to give Kendall some crap about that, but I just chose not to. But it was because like, we, right, do, we do shit like that all the time, dude. Like, be careful I, doing that because we jump the yeah. gun so oh, much. I know, I know. It was more going to be like joking with Kendall because like, obviously he likes us and we like him as well. But it was like right after he tweeted that, it was like punch out, punch out, punch out, sit down. And so to answer your question, Marin, um, I mean, Texas A&M has one of the best pitching coaches in the nation. Like 
I, I would like to say they'll figure it out, but again, their their pitching staff is is going to be not as good as the offenses that they're going to face the rest of the year. Like the SEC offenses are just almost too much for pitching staff sometimes. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, you have what you have. You can't add pieces. You can't make a triple A call up. You can't call up your number one prospect from double A midseason to patch up a pitching staff. That's not how college baseball works. We all know that. Mm-hmm. So, and you're not really going to make monumental changes in terms of someone's production or someone's success or whatever. So honestly, it just all depends on a little bit of luck and a little bit of grinding and digging deep to get the most out of your guys. So I don't know. I mean, a and I mean, we can sit here and talk about Ole Miss like last year. Some people were saying Ole Miss pitching staff was dead. Ole Miss, yada, yada. All of a sudden, they had Hunter Elliott rise up from the ashes and pitch yeah. his ass off for the final three weeks of the season. It, was, it almost got to a point where it was automatic. Hunter Elliott was going to go six innings, two runs or whatever. So the same thing for A&M. They could be in dog shit all year at pitching, and then all of a sudden in regionals, two, somebody besides Demers comes down to the bullpen, makes a long relief appearance, does really well, gets a start, does really well, and momentum keeps going, and all of a sudden he's a ace for A&M. So mm-hmm. it's, there's not, you really can't make fixes and changes. You can make personnel changes, who's closing, who's relieving, who's starting. You can do that all year. You can do that whenever you want. So I think for A&M, it's just a matter of getting hot and getting lucky. Yeah. Um, this brings up another point just real quick before I ask the last question. I've started seeing teams, and it might be just because of the the Easter weekend or um, maybe shortened weekends and stuff, uh, rain delays, everything. But I'm starting to see some teams like at the bottom ends of their conference, like the SEC, ACC, Big 12. They're throwing off. Um, like they'll, th- they'll start their number three guy on Friday and then the number one guy on Saturday, number two guy on Sunday. Um, and well, I, that's, I, see I, think that's purely, I think that's just purely keeping their best guys on their schedule. Yeah, that's probably it, but I don't hate the strategy you, pretty much. If your number one guy doesn't match up well against their number one guy that like you might want to throw off and like punt game one. And then you have your number one versus their number two, and your your number two versus their number three. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think that's a strategy thing. That's just purely keeping their Friday and Saturday guys on schedule. Probably, I don't know. That's, just something I've noticed. I, team team rarely make changes like that just to get their number. Like, yeah, no, it's a demotion. If you move your Friday guy to a Saturday, that's a demotion. Right. Um, all right. Last question here. Justin Anderson says. Who is your favorite college baseball color commentator? Ooh. I'll tell you this. Um, there's a guy. I, I need to look up his name. Hey. Hold on. I forget here while you're thinking. The guy from Southern Myth, I think he's really fun to listen to. Yes. He's, he's, he's definitely one of the better ones. I forget his name way too many times. I feel bad now. Um um, Southern Miss is a good one. Um, there's a lot of even if you take out you know your Kyle Petersons and your Mike Rooney's and um, your your typical ESPN and D1 guy, there's a lot of good talent all over the place that are great home run calls. Mm-hmm. Or 
and stuff like that. So I don't. Yeah, really I mean, if you take if you took out like Tom Hart, Chris Burke, Ben McDonald, um, uh, who's the guy's name from Ole Miss, played in the major leagues for a while. Uh, I keep wanting to say Dylan Delucia, but it's not him. It's it's a name like that though. Um, I'm pretty sure his name starts with a D. Mike McCoskey, the good one. Uh, McCoskey's good, yeah. But uh, what is this guy's name? David David Delucci. Oh, God dang it, um, De- Delucci. David Delucci. Yes, he. <laughs> um, he's a good one. He does a lot of Ole Miss stuff. He does SEC Network. But dude, there's a guy that I freaking love. I follow him on Twitter. I don't even know what to search because I can't think of his first name. He does. Um, who, who does he call? He calls. Is it Coastal Carolina or is it Georgia Southern? Somewhere in the Sun Belt. I, I do. I apologize. I cannot think of this guy's name. I had a good one. He's. Um, but they're super like a lot of them. I think the ones that are super homer, where they feel sound like they're sleeping when the other team is doing really well, is it, like a huge turnoff for me. I think it is for most people. I'm gonna say so, Justin. I'm gonna say Justin Anderson. I'm gonna save that answer till next week because I came unprepared. That's my fault. Uh, I'll give you a good list of guys that because I know what teams I usually watch, and there's a few really good you ones. You can picture. You can picture a team hitting a walk-off home run and hearing the loud yell, but you just can't put a name to it. The, I'm the same way. The guy that did it for ACC Network last year with like the Tommy White home runs, he's in our intro music. Um, he's yep. one of the best, man. I cannot think of his name. Um, but anyways, we'll, we'll get back to that question. That was a good one, though. Um, all right. Ooh, should we, should we put out like a top 10 power ranking, just like a one-time yes. power ranking? Yes, okay. we should. <laughs> Color comedy in college baseball? Yes, we should. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Ben. You start cooking up that list. All right, that'll be fun. And that's going to like really piss some people off, but okay. Um, Dude, it's for fun. It's not, if you're number 11, like don't be offended. Yeah. There's so many good ones, but it's, it'd be fun to just give some love to some people. Yeah. Uh, anyways, here we go. So let's do, now that we spent almost an hour, 45 minutes talking um, Patreon questions here. Let's go ahead and recap the weekend because this weekend was a little bit different. I mean, most of the series were Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, some trickled over into Sunday because of weather, but dude, it was a. It felt like every game start time was just like in jeopardy. Like we didn't know what time games were starting. We didn't know if they were going to play a double header or not. Like you really had to have your head on a swivel to figure out what like when teams were playing. So. Um, but I'm, I'm sure most of the people here listening want to talk about this LSU versus South Carolina series where we got absolutely robbed of a game three because, I mean, I was locked in game one, game two, all nine innings, didn't miss a pitch. Um, I mean, it was just a very good series. And my takeaway from it, I told you guys I had a hot take about LSU. Um, I, I do. I think LSU has – like major problems hitting good pitching. Uh, and and I say that because, and you, you kind of touched on it earlier, Dimitri, but like Brody Breck shut them down. Um, you know, Will Sanders shut them down for South Carolina on Friday for those first three innings. Um, uh, well, three innings, that doesn't count. No, I know, but um, 
I guess basically Hagan Smith, Hagan Smith, yeah. and who is the other? Who is the other lefty from Arkansas? Um, I can't think of his name. Hagan Smith and anyway, um, but so here's my ahead. point. I, I you see them score boatloads of runs, right? But a lot of that is when pitcher, like even if it's a good pitcher, like they're walking in people, um, or maybe the the other team's defense make bad plays, kind of like what Tennessee did when they played LSU. LSU's offense like takes advantages of make, of mistakes, right? Or, or the moment that you put in like a not a great reliever or not a good starter, they tee off. But when so when I think of LSU, I think they have legitimate like a, like a concern when it comes to a super regional. Maybe not a not maybe not a regional, but a super regional. You're facing a team that has maybe all three good starters. Uh, I, I, I we would have to see the the re, or the super regional breakdown who they're playing against to like evaluate this. But I think they would have real trouble in like possibly scoring runs. It, it's I think it's a concern, and it it's a hot take. The numbers don't really prove that because they score the most runs in the nation per game. Um, but I think all of their runs typically come in like bulk, you know, a four run inning, a five run inning, um, something like that. Does that make sense? All right. So internet connection just went out for a little bit, but anyways, to kind of finish my point, um, <coughs> excuse me, the, this LSU team, like, obviously like you look at the star power that they have up and down the lineup, like they can score runs on you in bunches, but sometimes it feels like, they overmatched is not the right word, but maybe give away at bats. I think the word you're looking for, they're very beatable. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think they're very beatable. And like to build off of that, I mean, we watched this Tennessee team from last year, the 2022 Tennessee team. I still think Tennessee from 2022 was better than LSU 2023. And I also think that I do. I, I think, 2021 Arkansas would have I, I actually that one's tougher. I, I do think that that would be a really good series. Here, here's the difference between 2021 and Arkansas and 2023 LSU. 2021 Arkansas, if they had a lead after seven inning, the game was over. Over. Arkansas did not lose games after the seventh inning, and their first six innings were taken care of. They had great pitching. They had a great mature lineup that knew how to manufacture runs without the long ball. They knew how to get guys on Rob Moore, um, Christian Franklin, like they, um, Jalen Battles, and go on and go on and go on. So I think this LSU team is very good. I think people are afraid to point out the flaws, um, but they have flaws. You're not, we're not going to ignore them. They, they don't have a dominant bullpen. They don't have a dominant, you can say their closer is good, um, but I just don't feel that this game's over in six, seventh inning. Well, when when like, when you do feel like this game's over, it's because of their offense. Their offense, I feel like they're never out of it. But when they have the lead, I I don't feel like it's over from a defensive pitching standpoint. I feel like they're never out of it, like a lot mm-hmm. of teams are this year. Um, so yeah, I, I I think I agree with most of your point. Um, and look, it's hot take season. I mean, it's the middle of the season. It's the dog days of college baseball, right? It's week going into week nine. Still a lot of games to be played left. Um, yeah. 
The, but I, I agree. Maybe maybe this also means South Carolina is even better, even better than we think. I mean, time will tell. Time will tell. But well, my biggest say, my biggest gripe is, and I'm unbiased here. I don't care about South Carolina. I don't care about LSU. Um, it, how are you gonna like? How are rankings going? Where like LSU is the clear number one, unanimous number one. And then you have South Carolina at like number six or number five at the highest. Um, I mean, like I said, South Carolina was the better team for most of that two, like most of those two games. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, if if two two out, you make a better pitch to Dugas. South Carolina sweeps the first two games and takes the series without a game three. So then now everyone's going to point out. Ooh, LSU lost a series. South Carolina should be number one. Mm-hmm. But one swing of the bat changed the narrative on everything. So it's like it, that's why it's so difficult to rank teams because and, and that's why I'm so bat, upset, it, man, that we missed game three. Like there is no yeah. game three to decide it. So it's all speculation now. Yeah. Um, but um I I really do think LSU is gonna have is gonna struggle to make it to Omaha. Hey, and you can you can receipt me, you can at old takes exposed, whatever, but I'm telling you right now, Tennessee had a bullpen, they had a starting rotation, they had everything they needed, and they still couldn't make Omaha. So what give me reason to be same with twenty twenty one Arkansas. They they couldn't make it to Omaha. Tennessee State ran in there and absolutely clobbered them. So and I don't want to say clobbered, that might be unfair because that was a really good really good series too but what gives me confidence that lsu they shoe in to make it to omaha nothing nothing i mean this sports this sports wild um i I just i think the number one the the number one ranked team means nothing obviously it's it doesn't mean anything until the last game of the very end of college world series like who's the number one team but but people get so upset about it and like my opinion on it is I think the gap is much closer than what people think. Um, I, the top six teams are really close. Uh, some can argue. Wake, I think Wake Forest can go into Alex Box or, or LSU can go into the couch in Winston Salem, and I think Wake Forest LSU would be really tight, really good yeah. series. Same thing with Virginia. Same thing with Florida. Same thing with. I mean, if Arkansas was healthy and they played at Bomb Walker. Same thing there. So, but last year and with Tennessee, it was like, dude, Tennessee winning the series and they slipped up against Kentucky and that was it. So, yeah. enough with that because we can, it's, it's whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think this LSU team is not as dominant as I was expecting. Yeah. Um, now, the, the other series here that I want to talk about that I thought was really intriguing is over in the Big 12. TCU Oklahoma State um, was was a really good series to watch because two teams that had super high expectations coming into the season, two teams that have been like you look at them you're like wow that's a top ten team, and then there's some weeks that you look at them you're like wow that's not even a top fifty team. Um, and TCU I think had a little bit more to prove this week. They're at home, um, no excuses. They're they're healthy again, and uh, TCU. Lost game one, gave up five home runs to Oklahoma State, and then came back and won the next two. And dude, the Big Twelve is such a jumbled up mess right now. Um, 
other than like I guess Texas is in first place right now, but um, everybody else is kind of sitting around five hundred. It's kind of kind of Dude, weird. We just talked about one swing of the bat from Dugas changing the narrative on everything. I t- I texted you and said Oklahoma State can now win again, win the series against big team. They always come up short. If mm-hmm. Texas pitcher last weekend didn't walk the house and absolutely hand wrap give the game to Oklahoma State, Texas wins that series and they're seven and two. Oklahoma State six and six in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. I don't think Oklahoma State is very good. Um, so that's another example. Texas, I mean, Oklahoma State should be freaking fifth right now in in the Big 12. Yeah, and so the Big 12 standings, like from Texas at number one to Baylor at number nine, only three and a half games separate the first place and last place, so basically a weekend series. Um, I mean, Oklahoma's three and six in, in Big 12 play, but only three games back of Texas. Um, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, Kansas, TCU, Oklahoma State – like they're winning their home series, but then they're losing like their away series for the most part. Um, it, dude, it's a jumbled up mess, and this is going to hurt the Big Twelve because you're not going to get multiple hosts. You might get one, um, and you might not get very many at large. You're going to end. Up, you're gonna end up, they're going to end up with two, and it's going to be Texas, and then TCU or Oklahoma State, probably as of right now. Um, obviously, that can change. Somebody can rattle off nine straight conference wins and change things. But yeah, I mean, as of right now, you're looking at two hosts. Mate, yeah, two hosts. I mean, as of right now, you're looking at one host. Like RPI wise, it's Texas. I mean, as of right now, Texas and Oklahoma State would host, but I don't think Oklahoma State deserve to be anywhere near that conversation. Oklahoma State would not be hosting right now. They would be in a conversation, but I don't think they deserve to be anywhere near it. Yeah, um, they have, they're not. They're nine to seven versus quadrant one team. They have an eighteen RPI. Like they would be a hundred percent in the conversation. Right. Okay, that's fair. Um, so I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, but I watched all of that series too because they were all night games, and um, yeah, TCU had to battle back a few different times, but ended up winning. TCU's got some really good freshman pitchers um, that are only going to get better as the season goes on. So let me ask you this. Let's, let's move, let's move to the ACC, another series that was very lopsided, but I want to hear your opinion on that. Is Boston college fraudulent or is Boston colleges have a bad weekend? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say fraudulent. They, they're four and one in ACC series, but they did just get swept at Louisville. And listen, like Louisville is the most, like one of the most bipolar teams in the country. Um, you catch them on the wrong weekend at home. Like Louisville's at home. Like, dude, we know how they play at home. Like, they're they're really really good, um, and uh, they they recruit with everybody else like top in the nation. Like they they get their guys. Like, sure, like Louisville's going to be a good team. I wouldn't say Boston College is fraudulent yet, but I will say that like, would it surprise me if they lose the next three ACC series? Probably not. Um, now that's a team that I think. They they pitch off. They they don't throw their ace on Fridays. I think this is I think we're at the time of the year where the blue bloods rise to the top and the preseason and early season Cinderella Grace story fall off the face of the earth because it I mean it is so hard. I mean the ACC especially we see it with Pitt. We saw it. We see it all. So many teams all the time. They they start really good. They're a great story. Everyone's rooting for them, and they fall off the face of the earth and miss the postseason. 
Yeah. So I mean, but the ACC is interesting, man. Like you have so many teams right around five hundred. Let me give another ACC thing. Miami is eight and seven in the ACC, and they've gotten swept twice. That's How weird. Crazy is that? That's weird. That's so weird. They're over five hundred in ACC play, but they've gotten swept twice. And like bad sweeps. So like like that like I told you I told you Miami for Miami doesn't have the starting pitching they don't have a rotation of staff to do much damage, mm-hmm. but then at the same time you're like that maybe they're 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 not that bad they're just not good enough to beat the top team but they'll they'll mop up everybody else yeah uh, but I mean I guess like the ACC in my opinion is. You have two teams at the top that are almost identical in like records and conferences, uh, uh, strength of schedules and everything. It's Wake Forest and Virginia. Uh, Wake Forest twelve and two in conference, Virginia eleven and four, um, but twenty eight and they're both twenty eight and four on the year. They just they absolutely smack teams that they're supposed to smack. Um, I mean, this is this is a two team race for this conference. No doubt about it. By far and away the two best teams. But I will say this. Don't sleep on the rest of the ACC. I promise you the three or the four seed in the ACC will will upset one of the SEC hosts. Hey, and and w- w- what there is going to be a fact is based off of the last two seasons, um, who a two seed is going to match up with LSU in the Super Regional if LSU is the number one team overall, and they're going to beat LSU in a Super Regional. NC State was a two seed um, in 2021. They upset number one, Arkansas. Notre Dame was a two seed in 2022, upset number one, Tennessee. So, I mean, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the two seed that upsets LSU in the uh, Supers? But the problem with this is Virginia and Wake Forest are going to be national seed. Well, that's not a problem. Like, I'm they saying there's going to be a two seed. Two, they won't go to an SEC for the Supers. Wait, what are you saying? It'll be a little. The narrative will be a little bit different. It's going to be. It's going to have to be a three or a four seed ACC team to go into an SEC's house for supers. No, I'm saying a regional two seed. Like oh, they're not a host. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, the the NC State and Notre Dame were both super regional. I know, but they were both two seeds in the regional. They were not hosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It's a, but it's so it would have Miami. to be. It would have to be like a, a Duke or a Miami or Miami, Virginia Louisville, Tech, Georgia somebody Tech, like somebody like that. Louisville. I, it would be hard for me to see. I still I mean, think Louisville is going to host, man. I, I think. I think, like, I think they're good enough to host. I think so too. Um, but like, I was just. I was literally just going to finish. Saying, depending on how Louisville finishes, they should be in that hosting conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the ACC is going to end up with four hosts. It's going to be Miami or North Carolina, Louisville, Wake Forest, Virginia, something like that. NC State, maybe. They're four games under five hundred in the ACC play. That's going to be a hole to climb out of. Yeah, they're number nine RPI though, so like they could climb out of that hole. They'll, they'll have to climb out of that hole. Um, yeah. yeah. ACC is a big mess. It's very top heavy right now with a bunch of really, I think, really good team in that middle that it's just hard to notice. Dude, it's the same thing with all Power Five. Uh, pretty much all Power Five conferences right now 
It's like the middle, you know who your top two or three teams are. And then the middle is so congested. And like it's going to have to figure itself out. Because if you scroll over to the Pac-12 right now, it's the same way. The Pac-12. Could you make an argument? Could you make an argument that Vanderbilt it should be number one team in the country? Yeah, I think you could. I think anybody could make that argument. Sure. I think so too. So that's, that's just crazy to me that you had three teams at the top of the SEC that are not really in the top in terms of standing. Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and LSU could Whoa. all be number one. Uh, you're missing a team, Florida. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just talking about the top of the standing because like Arkansas first in the West, Vandy first in the East, South Carolina two games back in the East, LSU the game back or half a game back in Florida. I'm just talking about the top of the standing. But yeah, Florida is tied for third in the East, and they could be the number one team in the country. So right, it's weird. Um, but let's let's do the Pac-12 here because like I'm fascinated with this. Um, like right now, you have Arizona State ten and two, you have Stanford ten and two, USC nine and three, UCLA eight five and one. But you look at Oregon State, Oregon, um, and like Arizona, I still think could be a regional team. Washington, Washington State could like potentially be a regional team. Um, I don't know. I'm I, if I'm I'm if I'm in Tucson, Arizona, I'm starting to get worried and starting to have a little. Um, What's the Powell. word I'm looking for? A little, uh, little, little kick in the ass to wake up because you're mm-hmm. five games under 500 in Pac-12 play, 60 RPI. You're not in a good place to make a regional. So they have work to do. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But I also think that like they're talented enough to figure it out. We'll see. Um, I, dude, I'm just still surprised at Arizona State 10-2. and two. Like they made a they made a 180 from when we saw them Saturday and Sunday against Mississippi State. Um, I didn't think they were a good team you're at all. Stop talking. You stop talking. Your your connection. Is... Oh. This is better. One. Uh, yeah, I mean Arizona right now, like they do have a lot to figure out, but the the main thing is like talent wise, they're there. Like they've had success in the postseason. They were in Omaha in 2021. Um, I know it was a different coaching staff and everything, but you sound uh, like you sound like the committee right now with TCU a couple years ago. No, Stop I'm not. It. Listen, I'm not putting them in the tournament right now. Not even oh, close. Okay. I'm just saying, like they could, like they could go on a run here. They could, they could earn their spot back in the tournament. But right now, no, no shot. Yeah, I mean, they just. Hey, you know it's funny. Every, I think it was you that was like trying to hype up Washington. Yeah, good luck with that. Oh, <laughs> I mean, hey, they gave me something to believe in. They were winning series, and they won that series against who? UCLA, two out of three. And I was like, yep. hey, that's that's a good series. Uh, yeah, by the way, it's just it's just it's just a week in, week out. Somebody beats up on somebody else, and they just yeah. keep doing it. Nobody has stood out. I mean. The fact that Arizona State is ten and two in Pac twelve is impressive. Shout out to Willie the Bloomin'. They're blooming and um, <laughs> Willie ten. Bloomquist. Um, hey, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit of Big Ten here, and then we can do uh, the American. Hey, I just want to before we get into Big Ten. I just want to. Um, I couldn't. I I had a hard time tracking. But how did the weekend pick them go? I uh, know. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. I know what you're doing hey, here. Hey, since I told you I was going to stop bullshitting and I'm going to bring it up again this week, 
I told you when I was going to stop bullshitting. You want to know what my record is? Uh, 13 and 4. 13 and 3. 14 and 2. Yeah. I mean, dude, you're on a no, roll. 15, 14, 15, 14 or 15 and 2. Yeah. I mean, dude, I tip my cap to you, man. You you called it. You said it. I had another terrible weekend. Like, you might as well just fade me the rest of the year because I, I've been bad. I, I'm catching teams at the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, dude, trust me. I've been there. It sucks. It feels terrible because you're just like, dude, like, when can I buy a win? Yeah. I mean, I, I went with a different approach this past week. I took all chalk and I was like, I mean, like, hey, Tennessee's not going to lose two out of three at home. And I was like, hey, you know, Oregon, they're not going to lose two out of three at home. Sure enough, like both of those lost for me. So, and you whatever. know what? I, before we get into talking about Big Ten, that Tennessee series against Florida, I don't remember what my reasoning was when I made that pick. But looking back on it, I was like, why did I do that? Like, why did I, why did I really believe in Tennessee? Do you remember why we believed in Tennessee? I, I'll tell you my reason. I said Florida always slips up every year. Um, you know, they'll play a road series. Slip up. Yeah, I was like, they're, they're going to slip up here. Tennessee is going to be motivated. Like, they have to win this series, and they didn't. So, so I guess I can. I guess it wasn't as obvious of a pick that we to take Florida. But mm-hmm. I'm looking back, and I'm like, damn, dude. Like, I could have totally seen Florida winning that series, bro. I look at Florida, and like, they have so many major league players on that team. I feel like the. Their, their whole starting rotation. Well, Cags isn't going to pitch in the majors. He'll he'll hit like he. Cags swings the bat harder than I think anybody else in the country. It's he unbelievable. Does, he does swing the shit out of it. He has 19 homers, man. He's going to break Ivan Melendez's record from last year. I know, dude. I mean, that's crazy. That record was standing for 10 years, and it's going to get shattered before you even blink. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, okay, Big Ten. All right, Big Ten here. Um, so Nebraska and, and Michigan played a really competitive series this past weekend. Um, they were it was like zero zero in the the tenth inning, I believe, game one, and uh, no, it was one to one going into the tenth, and Michigan ended up winning it. Uh, no, yeah, Michigan, no, Nebraska ended up winning. It, sorry, but um, Nebraska won the series two out of three. But man, Michigan, I think is a good team. Like they're they're definitely a possible regional team, like second or third regional team out of the Big Ten. I was impressed with them. Uh, Maryland took care of business against uh, Rutgers. Rutgers is like two and four in Big Ten play. Like Dude, that's not good. Rutgers is the leading candidate front runner for biggest disappointment of twenty twenty three. Them and Georgia Southern. Jo- yep, Rutgers and Georgia Southern. Yeah, and you know what's um, funny? You know what's funny? Rutgers swept Georgia Southern. I know. So maybe Georgia Southern's the biggest disappointment. Um, and so basically, right now you look at the Big Ten standings. Indiana is actually first place, seven and two. They had a uh, a big series against Iowa, and they lost game one pretty bad. But then Indiana came out and beat Iowa. Um, both games uh, they played one Saturday, one Sunday, but. Ah, I mean, dude, Indiana came out of nowhere. We we watched them play Auburn and ten, or sorry, Auburn and Texas earlier this year, and they won a game I think on Sunday for each one. But they're twenty two and ten this year, seventeen RPI. I mean, bro, if, if there's going to be a Big Ten host, Indiana's got the best shot as of right now. 
and we said it we said it before the season like i mean when i picked maryland i said i really like iowa and i think indiana or illinois maybe i said illinois but I think we did mention that Indiana was going to be much better this year. Yeah, maybe it was you that mentioned. That. Yeah, I said Nebraska and Indiana would be much better this year. Yeah, I also predicted four Big Ten teams to make a regional before the season started. And You're in good shape right now. Possibly. Yeah, I think I think in good shape. Like Maryland, I think will be in. Um, Iowa still, I still believe in Iowa. You know, you know what's interesting about Iowa? When Brody Breck started, they're a top. They might be a top ten team in the country. Only for that Dude, game alone. So and if they can survive and just not drown, this going to carry some weight with the committee. Because if you throw an Iowa in there, that's a that's an electric must-watch game with mm-hmm. Brody Breck starting in, in the regional. Dude, and, and if you're Iowa, you save them for game two. Because you'll be a two or a three seed, and uh, more likely a three seed. You just take your chances with your next best starter, and you just – have your best reliever reliever ready, um, but you want you want Brody Breck starting against that one seed, hundred percent. Hey, hey, that would be something else to watch. If Iowa can beat, if they get matched up with the weaker three seed or two, whatever they are, whatever it is, and then they roll out Brody Breck against a national seed, something like that, yeah. on Saturday night. Oh boy, oh boy, that's that's that excites me. Whichever one seed gets stuck with Iowa in their regional, they're going to be like, dang it, dude. Like, If we have to face a guy throwing 101, 102 miles an hour and has no idea where he's going, where, where it's going either, like that's just such a deflate, like deflating moment for the hitters. Like, God, man, we got to face this guy in a regional. But, um, I mean, Nebraska. I think, the, I think the biggest story out of the Big Ten this weekend is Northwestern beating Illinois two out of three. That's bad, dude. Northwestern is the worst Power Five team by far. I thought it was Baylor. No, Northwestern's worse. Yeah, they're they're got to be worse. That's brutal for Illinois, dude. Mm-hmm. You cannot, that cannot happen. Yeah, yeah dude. So, like, and Illinois was in a good shape to make a regional at one point this year. So yeah, Big Ten. Big Ten is much more exciting this year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And. um Let's see. We got. Let's just do a couple more conferences. Let's do the American Big West. Big West. Let's, let's do American Big West and Sun Belt, and then uh, Conference USA if you want. So um, we'll start here with the American. I, I, dude, the biggest surprise in the American is like Houston, a team that was so bad at the beginning part of the season. They they won a series against East Carolina last week. Won a series against Wichita State this week. Those are the two best teams in the conference, and and they won a series against both of them. So they're four and two, tied for first place. Um, the Cougars just look like a completely different team than what we saw the first few uh, few weeks of the season. Hey, I'm going to make an argument. You said that Houston's the biggest surprise. I'm going to say UCF is the biggest surprise in terms Dude, of they're so payment. bad right now. One and five Dude, in conference like, play. Like, come on! Like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, they just. I mean, if you look at their schedule. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They've lost ten of their last twelve games, and it, it couldn't have come at a worse time against yeah. Maryland, USF, and East Carolina. Like they're dead. They're done. Yeah, they're, they're no more chance of getting an at-large bid. Like they have to win the uh, the American tournament. It, it sucks because I, I mean we were big into UCF. We thought they were going to be good this year, and they just 
crumbled. They literally, by definition, fell off the a cliff. Yeah. So my um, EUCF pick is so dead. That was I thought I had a chance. Beginning of the year, they were rolling down Clint Dabo Sweeney's Dabo Hill. They look like they were legit, and I'm sad now. They're terrible. Um, East Carolina swept this weekend, so they brought them back to tied for first place. I mean, they swept UCF, of course, but um, yeah, I mean, I think UCF, I mean, sorry, ECU kind of cruises the next few weeks and uh, just kind of gets ready for conference tournament time. They're the best team in the conference, even though can Houston somebody, beat them. Can somebody freaking challenge the Pirate? Can well, somebody... Houston did. Houston did. They beat them two out of three. Okay, but I'm not talking about challenging them for one weekend. I'm talking about when we hit May, can somebody challenge them for the regular season title? Maybe. We'll see. Houston has because, a tiebreaker. I mean, what is it? I, I, I'm, I don't even know how many, how many consecutive titles have they won. Three or four? At least, yeah. Like, do somebody do something. Somebody take it away from them. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do Big West next. Sorry, Big West next. Um, is Fullerton – like, dude, Fullerton's all the way back. Listen, I, I think Fullerton is the best team in that conference now. They they beat UC, or Santa Barbara two out of three this weekend. They also have two out of three against Irvine. Um, I mean, they, they should – dude, if you look at Fullerton's schedule – they should have beat Stanford two out of three. Maybe swept Stanford to open the year. They also have a series win against Texas. Um, it's tough to beat this Fullerton team two out of three. Like nobody's really done it this year besides Michigan. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is. It looks really difficult to take two out of three against Fullerton. Um, you know who? So I have a good comparison for Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton this year is like the Tampa Bay Rays of the major leagues. They. They have a bunch of no-name guys, and I say no-name just because like they don't get national publicity. I, I couldn't name more than two guys on their whole team, but like everybody on their roster like plays their role to the best of their ability, and like they don't swing out of their shoes, they don't make you know errors or anything like that, and their pitchers throw strikes. So I'll give you I'll give you two names that are worthy of knowing on Fullerton's roster: Brendan Bobo and Nate Nankill are their two best guys offensively. Mm-hmm. But if you look at their stat, you, you see the team's probably hitting like 260 or something like that. Their team ERA is over five. So you're probably sitting there like, how are they winning games? And my answer is they just find a way to win. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Rays do. They just win games. It's not like nothing ever like super pretty. They don't play perfect baseball. But um, yeah, I mean, what are they now in conference? They're nine and three, second place to UC San Diego. But I think Fullerton's played a tougher, tougher schedule so far. Um, what what is their strength of schedule? Let me see what their strength. Their strength schedule thirty one overall in twenty four non conference. That'll play. That'll play. Um, another team that I think is really good is Long Beach State. They beat UC Irvine two out of three this past weekend. Um, I don't know if they've lost a conference series. Oh, they got swept by UC San Diego. But um, Long UC Beach State San Diego is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest. I haven't watched a single game of theirs this year. I mean, like, should they be in a mid-major top twenty-five? Probably, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I need to see them. I need to see them 
this week with San Diego State and Hawaii. If they take care of it, they'll be in. They'll be in it for sure next week. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Like, yeah, I don't know because their biggest win on conference was Michigan, and they. Uh, but no, they're good. Tritons are definitely really good. Yeah, I hope this is a three bid league though. I hope the Big West gets Santa Barbara, Fullerton, and then either UC San Diego or like Long Beach State. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the RPIs Irvine, right now. Hey, hey, if Irvine might be fitting our hot cold hot theory perfectly. Yeah, dude, they were scary in the beginning of the year, and now they suck. So maybe if Irvine heats up, this 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 Big West conference is going to get mighty mighty interesting. Oh yeah. Um. All right, let's do the Sun Belt here next. Let's go Conference USA because it's next uh, alphabetically. I just have it pulled up. Um, Conference USA, like it, you have the two top dogs, right? You got UTSA nine and two, Dallas Baptist nine and three, both like one's twenty four and eight, one's twenty three and nine, like pretty similar, pretty similar RPIs. Um, but what I'm interested in is um, teams three through seven. They're all like right at five hundred for the most part, like Charlotte, FAU, Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Tech, and Rice. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if one of those teams won the tournament and got a bid into the regionals. And in, in fact, like I, I would be willing to bet that one of those uh, five teams in the middle of Conference USA wins the tournament over UTSA and Dallas Baptist. I, I think it could be a three bid league, like with stolen bid. I think FAU. I think FAU is the best team of the outside of the top two you just mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, RPI wise, they are, but well, it just overall, I think they're the best team outside of UTSA and Dallas Baptist. I mean, Rice and Louisiana Tech, I think, are very similar. I think they're good. They played a really good series, they played a really good series this weekend. Um, so I got Conference USA TV just so I could watch it. And uh, Rice, dude, Rice is really solid. Um, I think Rice's biggest weak point is like they don't have much power in their order, but um, like they can pitch. Like Rice can pitch, and they held Louisiana Tech to six runs, five runs, and zero runs. Um, yeah, but they lost. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Louisiana Tech, I, though. I really, like, think, I really do think the Conference USA tournament is going to be a re- is going to be a really good one because I mean, dude. If we're looking at it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams in this conference who, who all, I think, if one weekend here, one weekend there goes their way, they could be in first place. So, yeah. I mean, well, UTSA is obviously the best team in the conference right now. But I'm telling you, I think your fifth, sixth, and seventh place teams are right there. Mm-hmm. So the Conference USA tournaments at Rice's Field, Reckling Park. Um, which is a great place to host it at. I, I miss when they did it at Biloxi. Um, but like you, you saw it when they hosted it at Louisiana Tech the last few years. And like they that, hosted well, Southern Miss hosted last year. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Southern Miss did host last year. Um, but they're like always sold out crowds, a lot of people that go and show up, like pretty big fan bases. Um, it'll be a good spot there. Like, I'm gonna be tuning into the conference USA tournament like it's my job. Um, just because I'm interested in a lot of those teams. And I think hey. somebody out of the picture is gonna win it. Hey, don't you don't you think Dallas Baptist fits so nicely in this conference? Oh yeah, I mean they they needed to be in this conference. I feel like this was a great move for yeah. them to be in this conference. Um, like, all right. like, 
like them playing UAB this weekend is not a cupcake like them playing who who knows in the Missouri Valley. Yeah, Missouri State or somebody. Um, I mean, not even Missouri State. I mean, I would think if somebody like Valpo and Bradley and mm-hmm. Illinois State. Right. Um, and UAB kind of gave um, Dallas Baptist a run for their money, if I remember correctly. Let's see. Yeah, they lost two to one, two, three to two, and seven to two. That seven to two game was like a lot closer, though. Um, Dallas Baptist scored four in the bottom of the eighth. So it was a four to one game. I mean, sorry, a three to one game at the time. So, um, yeah, UAB is a pretty solid team. And they're in second to last right now in the conference. Um, all right. Last, let's do the last one here Sunbelt Conference, and we'll wrap it up. Sunbelt, just like the same, like they have the same storyline as the Power Five. Stop, stop. Fun Belt, please. All right, sorry. Fun Belt. Um, you got a lot of teams right at 500, dude. I mean, so the Raging Cajuns and Coastal Carolina are both nine and three in the Sunbelt right now. I, I think right now they're the two best teams in the conference, but you look at Old Dominion, Southern Miss, and Southern Miss. Um, won the series against Old Dominion this weekend, and I didn't watch a single pitch because they were playing at such weird times throughout the day. I was like, what the heck? Um, but, yeah, they won two out of three. Southern Miss did at Old Dominion, so that's a big series win. Um, the But, anyway, so Old Dominion, Southern Miss, App State really hanging around there. Troy's still hanging around. Uh, Texas State, Georgia Southern, James Madison, like they're all at 500. And then um, Georgia State's a game below 500. South Alabama's a game below 500. Um, or sorry, two games below 500. I mean, you you want this you want this conference to be a five bid team, you know? Like I think talent wise, they're there, but they're just beating up on each other. I mean, yeah. I mean, Texas State beats Southern Miss, and then Old Dominion beats Southern Miss. No, no, no. Southern Miss beat Old Dominion. That's what I, that's what I meant. And then. Like Louisiana lost two. <coughs> like Louisiana lost two out of three to apps. Yeah, that was that was weird. That was surprising. So, so it's like it's really interesting. I mean, I still think like they've got they've got coastal Texas State and Southern Miss on their schedule still. So mm-hmm. they're not gonna be at the top the whole season. Maybe they will be. I think they're that good, but we'll see. Um, Coastal Carolina at home is just a different animal, though. <laughs> like, we've probably said it before, but um, yeah, I mean, Georgia Southern did everything they could to win that series, and they just couldn't hang with with Coastal Carolina's offense. Yeah, just couldn't hang with them. Um, I'm looking at Coastal schedule. They have two midweek games. They have a Monday and a Tuesday against Campbell. And then they're at Old Dominion. So at Campbell, at Campbell, and then at Old Dominion this week. That's a tough. That's a tough week there. That's five games of. I mean, it's going to be a lot of offense. Hey, if Campbell doesn't win, if Campbell doesn't win both of those midweeks, we might have a new number one next weekend. Oh, easily, yeah, easily. Um, Southern Miss is kind of turning a corner. They're back at nineteen and eleven. I think they've won. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, five of their last seven games. One of their losses was by one run, or actually both losses by one run, one an extra inning. Like Southern Miss is back on track. 
series yeah. wins against Georgia Southern. Yeah, I mean they they've won their last three. Yeah, last three series: Georgia Southern, Troy, and Old Dominion. Yeah. Hey, one last uh, conference I wanted to do before we wrap this thing up. We had them on our pick on Sam Houston and Ab- uh, Abilene. I think oh, the yeah. I think the whack is Sam Houston to run with. Oh, they're twelve and three in conference. Yeah, yeah, dude. Sam Houston is two games ahead of the next team. That's Stephen F. Austin, and Stephen F. Austin's not good. They just played an easy whack schedule so far. Um, yeah, I mean Sam Houston. I mean it's theirs to lose the regular season. They're twelve and three. Like the next biggest contender is like Grand Canyon at nine and six, and Adler Christian whoa, right? eight and four. How the hell did Grand Canyon lose two out of three to Seattle University? Dude, they should have lost all three. Grand Canyon had a huge comeback in, in Friday's game. They wait, were down. Wait. No, they, they they lost the first one, they lost the second one, and then blew them out in the third one. Oh, you're right. Okay. They they ended up losing the game. They had the big comeback, but I think they were down eight to nothing. Yeah. They were. Yeah, that's yeah, a bad loss. Back, lost an extra, and then they lost um, five to two. And then yeah, they blew them out game three. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, dude, that's 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 disgusting. Losing two out of three to Seattle. Yeah, the Grand Canyon's like close to being out of our mid-major top twenty-five. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I mean, and I don't like preseason bias, but they probably they probably and I hate to say this, they weren't top five in the preseason or not, not even preseason. Their first ranking. They'd be out, but they'd already be out. They only have one quad, one win. That was Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, they play at Abilene Christian this next weekend, which will be a good one. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we can sit here and talk about all these teams. But, hey, just to let you know, South SEMO is way out in front in first place in the Ohio OBC. Yeah. I mean, that's their conference. Southern Indiana two and seven. If anybody wanted to update on the Screaming <laughs> Eagles, <laughs> hey, I'm still a diehard Screagles fan. Screagles, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, one more thing before we wrap up the show. I tweeted this out from 11.7 account, like midseason awards here. Top three Golden Spikes, um, Freshman of the Year, Coach of the Year. Of course, right after I I, I tweet out Coach of the Year. Um, you know, Kentucky loses two out of like the next two games to to Georgia, lose the series. So, kind of hurts his 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 case there. But, um, I mean, are we pretty sold. Like Ethan Petrie is the freshman of the year, no doubt. And maybe no Charlie doubt. Condon no, might. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. Um, I mean, I Petr- haven't checked Condon's stats in the past couple of days, but. Yeah, but Petri, I mean, dude, Petri is like in the Golden Spikes contender category now. I was looking at his stats. He's hitting like 440 yeah, I mean, with 15 homers, 51 RBIs or something like that. I mean, what he did against LSU this weekend is hard to ignore him, and it's hard to put anybody else next to him. Right. Um, same with Paul Skeens. I still think there's a huge gap between Paul Skeens and the next best pitcher of the year. Do stop. That guy, I mean, outside of this weekend, that guy had been in a one of one league of their own, dude. Even like this weekend, he struck out eight of the nine outs. Like, he gave up uh, a two run homer that should have he should have been out of the inning. He had a ground ball 
that of course Jordan Thompson that like, takes a back throw. The, way, the pitcher of the year. Mm-hmm. Nobody's even close. Nobody's even close. Right yeah. Um, and then like my top three golden spikes candidates, because you know how they usually do three or four finalists. Um, I had Dylan Cruz, of course, uh, Caglione, and then there's a guy named uh Nolan Chanel. Chanel, Chanel from FAU, yeah. From dude. FAU. Great. I, dude, I looked at his numbers like if it wasn't for like Caglione and Dylan Cruz, he would be the front runner for the Colton Spike. And like he's going to be in the conversation if he continues these numbers. Now, what's going to hurt him is he plays in a weaker conference, but you mean the Kyle Lewis treatment? Yeah. But dude, what? I mean, absolute stud. Wait, hold on. We can't even, we can't even say that because the Conference USA is by far and away better than the SOCON. So they can't use that he doesn't play anybody argument. Because that's a legit conference. That's not a cupcake conference. Right. But it's it's not the SEC. It's not SEC. Yeah, for sure. Um I was just I was blown away with, with Nolan Shanuel's. I I, I hope Sh- I'm Shanuel. Shanuel. Um I mean he had what fifteen home he has the highest slugging or sorry the yeah, the highest slugging percentage in the country, highest OPS in the country, like third most home runs in the country. And I think he also has like nine stolen bases or something crazy like that i mean dude if he can if he can do if he can do something like that and add 15 bags to his resume that's hard to beat yeah man i, I mean he's if there was a mid-major player of the year he's number one by far right now yeah um but anyways let, that'll wrap up our show there we pretty much covered oh, everything anything do else we you have add? Any, do we have any big midweeks on tuesday oh yeah we can look at some midweeks um so tomorrow apparently Campbell and Coastal Carolina are playing. Yep, they are. They are. There's some Monday games. I think it might be spring break for some of these schools, so they'll do Monday games. Yep. Let's actually look at Oh, Texas at Texas State. And Slam Marcus. Is that Monday? That's tomorrow night. Or Monday. Yeah, Monday. Texas Tech at Stanford. Wow. Good Monday. Three good game. Who do you hey. think wins? Who do you think wins? Um, or who do you think plays better, Coastal Carolina or Campbell? These next two games. I think Campbell's kind of cooling off a little bit right now. They're kind of—I don't want to say they're in a slump or anything. They're still winning ball games, but I think Coastal's just playing better baseball right now. But hey, yeah. I think I think Campbell gets one for sure. Um, to sweep two doubleheader against Coastal. That's difficult. At least right. not in Conway. Yeah, not in oh. Conway. Um, that's that's cool though. I'm glad we get some good Monday games on on Tuesday. I'm looking through here real fast. Um, Old Dominion, East Carolina is a good one. Florida State, Florida. It's gonna be a blowout, but still Tech, Stanford again. Um, Auburn, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Louisville. Yeah. Let's see. UNCW, North Carolina State. Kentucky at Louisville. Clemson, Georgia. Yep. Uh, I think that might be it. I mean, I'm scrolling here. Nothing's catching my That's attention. About it. Okay. Uh, UTSA, Louisiana Texas A&M. 
Yep, Louisiana Tech at Louisiana. Southern Miss at, at Alabama. Hey, I really like this SEMO Southern Illinois matchup. Yeah, hey, Southern Illinois is really good. Um, I watched them play Belmont this weekend, and um, I think I think they swept Belmont. I think they're eight and one in conference yeah. now. You know what? You know what pisses me off? The one year we like, we're like, uh, we're gonna face Southern Illinois. It's gonna be the year that they win the NBC. Yeah. Ooh, nine thirty on on Tuesday. Cal State Fullerton at USC. There you go. What's the uh, What's the Thursday matchup for the ACC and SEC? I'll tell you right now. I uh, got it. We got Miami at North Carolina, Kentucky at LSU, and Missouri at Texas A and M. Not quite. It's star power filled. It's like last the last two weekends. Yeah, um, I think Carolina, Miami, and Carolina. That's a good match because that's like we talked about. That's that middle of the pack ACC. Mm-hmm. They had really good teams, but they're just not quite good enough to be at the top. Yeah, and like for example, and then another one like Texas A and M. If they want to be considered like a serious SEC team, like you got to take care of business at home against Missouri. Don't lose two out of three. Yep. Hey, man, it's time to wrap this thing up. The sun is coming up. It's seven six thirty in the morning. Six forty in the morning here. All right, let's wrap so it up for all you listeners out there. The grind is real. We don't miss episodes. We don't. We do this shit, okay? <laughs> we don't stop. We don't miss. We don't make excuses. We get shit done around here at eleven point seven. Let's end on that. That's a great little hype speech. All right. We won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. Uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just bare and walks it off with a grand slam. Titanic with a blast again. <laughs> Melendez doesn't get cheated.